Hello, everyone. Welcome Hello. Yes. to another episode of About a Dog. Another Epi Road. We are doing an Epi one. Mm-hmm. I'm Ashley. And I'm Michael. And I'm astounded that we have fans. Honestly. I know. <laughs> that I, I haven't fun. gotten over that. I know. Yeah. So, cool. like, right now we're kind of, we're going to start recording more regularly now that, you know. <laughs> Here's essentially how our evening went. We ate dinner. Um, we kind of settled down after I did the dishes and just, you know, looking at our phones, watching videos on YouTube until finally she goes, you want to record an episode? I was like, okay. And she goes, move the computer as if I don't know that that's what needs to happen in order to do an episode of the podcast. But needless to say, here we are. Yeah, I did some research and we've got our next breed. This one, I think, is um, more personal. Yes, it is. Um, This is one that our last, this episode and our last breed episode were dedicated, are dedicated to the memory of of dear friends that passed away recently. Mm -hmm. Um, And this one is dedicated to the memory of Dr. Robert D. Smith, otherwise known as Dr. Dr. Bob. Bob. Um, He was an amazing all breed judge. Real big champion of purebred dogs, was a member of the AKC Board of Directors, was involved in the Virginia Kennel Club and several other local kennel clubs, and he is well known for his love and devotion of American Foxhounds. The breed we'll be discussing today. Yep. So we're going to talk about American Foxhounds, and it's kind of appropriate, too, since it's right around July 4th. We cover an American breed. Around? More like after it July 4th. It is after July 4th. Very much so after. The, we're, oh, we're <laughs> at like, the time of this recording, it is the Friday after, after. Yeah. July 4th. But it's still, you know... Well, the second Friday after the 4th of July. But my, my whole thing is, you know, it's July, patriotic, yada, yada, yada. But, so we're going to cover American Foxhounds. Um, but first I wanted to do a big thanks to Lisa Miller of mm. Carrie Kennels. She was kind enough to give me some information um, at a show and information about the breed and we just talked hounds for a while and it was wonderful and refreshing and it was great. I was in the car. Yeah, you were in the car. <laughs> Somebody has to stay and watch the kids. You know? Yeah. I mean, you often hear about, um, and this actually happened at a show recently, um, somebody had mentioned this, I think, on social media, that somebody had left their dogs in the car in this heat without any air and whatnot, which is just... It's cruel. Asinine would be a better word. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not. Irre- it's irresponsible. It's not. Com- oh, okay, we're going to be dueling adjectives at this point. No, I'm doing, just saying. We're going to try. We're going to match atrocity with something else, and we're just going to compound. And that was going to happen. But no, I mean, my point is that's what I do. I if you don't see me, but Ashley's at the show. You can guarantee I'm the one in the car with the AC running, mm-hmm. hanging out with the kids because if they're going to be sitting in the car. Somebody needs to be there with them, not just for you know their own safety, but also for her security and peace of mind. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to share a very warm and touching memory about Dr. Bob. Um, what some people don't realize is that 
he was one of the behind-the-scenes supporters of the Hamilton Stovar. He helped get them foundation stock recognized. Um, and Michael and I would see him almost every year at Meet the Breeds. And I, I made actually a, had the privilege of talking to him at, um, I think, one of the times when we were in New York. Mm-hmm. And... You know, I was like, oh, hi, Dr. Bob. That's outside, internally. Fuck, where the hell is Ashley? Because <laughs> she would love to see him. Well, and I ended up finding him. Eventually, yeah. But, I mean, I mean... You get my point. And that's just the type of person that he was, was always championing rare breeds and supported various different breeds and was quintessentially a hound man. Mm. Knew his hounds inside and out. Um... One thing, after the breed got foundation stocker recognized, I was at a show where he was judging, and he, in between breeds that he was judging, he basically did a meet the breeds education lecture thing about the breed to anybody that was ringside, and to the steward, and to the judge behind him in the ring behind him, while I took Alice around the ring, and it, it's just one of those memories that I will cherish forever. And he is deeply, deeply missed. Uh, the Virginia Kennel Club's shows in June were dedicated to his memory, and it, it's, um, it's tough. Um, a lot of people that knew him are grieving. Mm. And yes, it's been some time, it's been about a month or so, but still, it's one of those things where it was unexpected and tragic, and just one of those things where we miss him. I'm just going to go ahead and put a nice little positive bow on this for you. Mm -hmm. Um, If you think about it, um, the accumulation of, you know, material items money, things like that over the course of life are not really what is deemed to be important. If you really, in my opinion, and yes, I am taking this from a movie, leave me alone, um, if you really wish to see the wealth of someone's life, man, woman, female, whatever, count how many people are there, you know, that they, that counted that that person as a friend. Mm-hmm. And that you will see that that person was truly rich. Yeah, and a lot of people respect him mm. and what he has done. Um, so this episode is um, dedicated to him for you know just recovering his breed and in honor and, and in respect for Doctor Bob. Yes, there. So. I'm going to go ahead and cite our sources. Ah, homework, research. (laughs) Um, First. Do your homework. Is. (laughs) That's what it's going to sound like when you. First, do your homework. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's funny. The big one is a big thanks to, again, Lisa Miller. Hmm. For her knowledge and devotion. She, she was the one that, um, when I would come and check in on you periodically, she was the one sitting down uh, talking to you, yeah? hmm Okay. During, like, groups and things like that? hmm Which, that most recent show 
was one of the best times I've had in a while, honestly. Oh, yeah. It, it, it was, was a blast. lot of fun. It really was. It was a blast. Um, another big source is um, the American Foxhound page on the AKC website. Mm-hmm. I got a lot of history from there. Yeah. And another one is an episode of Pure Dog Talk, episode 210, Mm -hmm. where you can actually hear Dr. Bob and his wife, Polly, talk about foxhounds, talk about dog shows, and talk about the things that are important to dog shows. We're not affiliated. We don't get any type Mm -hmm. of sponsorship or anything like that. But if you want to hear Dr. Bob talk and talk passionately about the breed... And all the things that he was doing at the time. There you go. Yep. Episode 210 of Pure Dog Talk. Um, And then another big source with this episode is a little bit off the wall. It's going to be Rita Mae Brown's book series. I was wondering if we were going to go there. Yes. The Sister Jane Fox Hunting Mystery Series. Of which Ashley is a fan. Shameless plug. I adore the book series. (laughs) I have one of her books signed. And Rita Mae Brown is like is an awesome, awesome writer. And she is involved in fox hunting Mm -hmm. and is a huge supporter of American Foxhounds and keeps a pack of working American Foxhounds. So, if these are our sources. We yeah. Ashley's done her homework and due mm-hmm. diligence. If um, you wish to have any comments, addendums, additions, that retractions we need to make, reach out to us on Twitter at about a dog one, Instagram at about a dog pod, YouTube about a dog pod. This will not be recorded on YouTube. Um, email about a dog pod at gmail.com. And we're also on Facebook at about a dog. Yeah, I, I didn't list the Facebook. Yeah. What did I say? No, I just I just said Instagram. It doesn't say Instagram and Facebook. I know. Um, you tend to run the Facebook page. I just tend to copy and paste and put it on Twitter all by itself when no one looks at these. Um, we're still trying to work out the kinks with our YouTube page and what we really want to do with it and how we that want to go about really it. That happened. And this is why... <laughs> My soda top fell on the floor. And you're never going to see it again. Mm-hmm. Because Astrid's going to claim it. She sniffed it and then walked away. Oh. Something tells me she was like, ugh, blueberry. Ew. So, as I said before, we're going to cover the American Foxhound. We're going to go breed history and then into everything else. Hmm. This breed is quintessentially why we do what we do with this podcast. Mm-hmm. American Foxhounds are a living breathing piece of American history. Hmm. The breed was founded by George Washington. See, I was wondering if we're going to bring JW into this. Yep. Because, yeah. Because I, I hate the fact that my, oh my God, my, <laughs> my meet the breed's brain mm-hmm. is, is active and awake at this point. Because yeah. I talk about how they're the, the, our breed, the Hammies are breed cousins to mm-hmm. um, the British and American Foxhound. Right. So, I mean, we are hound people. Yes. So, especially scent hound people. Ish, if you count Kemper and Penny. Though Penny seems to think that she is a Hamilton, but we're getting off point. Yeah. Um, George Washington, obviously, first president of the United States. Founding father. Founding father, all of that jazz. Whole cherry tree thing. He needed a 
hound that could hunt in the Virginia landscape, deal with the Virginia weather, and chase after the game that's there. Mm-hmm. Be it versatile enough to switch from gray fox to red fox, mm-hmm. and fast enough to keep up with the red fox, because the red fox is very fast. Yeah. But... To those of you who are not familiar with the Virginia landscape, especially northern northwestern Virginia, mm-hmm. it's very hilly. Very rugged terrain. And need a dog that's built for that. Mm-hmm. And this breed is really one of those where form follows function. So if you look at traditional fox hunting packs, which I suggest you do, uh, Masters of Foxhounds Association of America, you can check them out. They're great. And most of the time, if you are within a driving distance of a fox hunt club, you can come. You can go watch them hunt yeah. during cubbing season or regular hunting. I think the ones that you really can't are the ones like Christmas, Boxing Day, New Year's, like the bigger ones where the field is just going to be packed. For Americans listening to the podcast, Boxing Day is December 26th, the day after Christmas, which um, I think we should start a petition to have that day off too as well. But that's beside the point. Um, So I need to cover a little bit about fox hunting and some of the misnomers. The American style of fox hunting is purely for sport. Mm. And all packs are registered by the Masters of Foxhounds Association of America. And they are divided up into four different types. Mm-hmm. English, American, Penn Meridale, and Crossbred. Okay. Crossbred means that they are mostly Foxhound with a little bit crossed in, maybe French Hounds. Um, Hamiltons have been brought in before. That's what the rumor is. Um... And, or it could be a cross between an American and English bloodline, or it could be a cross between a Penn Meridale bloodline and, a, and an English, and Penn Meridale and American. Um, but that's those are the four distinct types. And mm-hmm. at hound shows, which is a big one in Northern Virginia, those four are basically judged for confirmation their ability to stick firm to a pack their uniformity and things like that and all of the hounds are hunted on horseback Mm -hmm. so that should give you an idea of size right they're going to be taller than a hamilton right but probably weigh the same amount because they're so lightly built american foxhounds are fast and but they, they also have to be muscly in, in order to yes. be able to get through the brush and everything. Mm-hmm. Fast and well built. Mm. They generally will hunt fox. And mm-hmm. some cases they will hunt coyote. And it just really depends. But in America, the fox is rarely, rarely ever killed. Yeah. Because in America, foxes are not viewed as vermin. They are viewed as an a critical part of the ecosystem in the area. But the exception to that is if the hounds track onto a coyote and the huntsman knows that it's a coyote because the hunt, the trail path will be different and the coyote is visible, Mm -hmm. 
they will take out the coyote, especially in areas where they are not supposed to be there. Like right. Virginia, right. North Carolina. Coyotes do not belong on the East Coast, period. They're an invasive species, and that's generally the only time that you will see a huntsman purposefully kill something unless there's a valid reason. I mean, is it because of the whole frogs in the desert kind of thing? It's like an animal that's been taken outside of its normal ecosystem that can, like, disrupt things? Yes. Um, Coyotes, in general, they are really, really, really efficient predators. Mm -hmm. So, kind of like what a domesticated cat will do if left outside. Mm -hmm. A feral cat can do more destruction for an ecosystem than... Most any other animals, coyotes are the same thing. Right. They can cause just this endemic destruction to the point of, like, rabbits, chipmunks, all small rodents, mm-hmm. gone. Yeah. Which then squeezes out and causes other predators, like snakes, mm-hmm. hawks, mm-hmm. and foxes, and even bobcats, to struggle to survive. Because they're looking for food. Yeah, they're looking for food, and the coyote is so efficient that it's just going to basically get all of the food and leave nothing left for the native species. Greedy. Yes, and the only other time that a huntsman will take out a fox is if the fox looks sick. Mm. Like if it obviously has mange or thin, which because of the invasive coyotes, you're seeing a lot more really thin foxes. So it's essentially like a piece of mercy, basically? Mm-hmm. Okay. And I don't know where this came from, because it even doesn't happen in England. Foxhounds do not, and I'm going to repeat this, do not kill and rip apart foxes. Foxhounds drive foxes to a den. The terrier is the one that does all the dirty work. So, foxhounds do not kill prey. They track, drive to a burrow. Terriers go into the burrow and take out the game. So, now that we've got that out of the way, because for whatever reason, some people in England have this really weird view that foxhounds are ruthless killers, and that couldn't be further from the truth. Yeah, they get their prey and just tear it limb from limb. And that's not true at all. Yeah, misnomer. Now, what you will see, based on the type, you will see some American foxhounds, based on the land that they hunt, they will look a little bit different, because the huntsman is responsible for controlling that stud book that's within that fox hunt, And he's going to breed more for working ability as opposed to adhering toward a standard. Mm -hmm. So in the huntsman's mind, it is, I'd rather breed something that can cover the ground. That can do the job. That can do the job and then look pretty during hound show time. But their primary role is to Do do the job. Yeah. So structurally you will see a little bit of variation, like certain packs look different. And from time to time, the organized packs will breed in and swap out hounds and do breeding arrangements and things like that based on what the huntsman says, hey, I need more of this. Hey, I'm seeing this 
pattern with in this hunt where maybe some of the foxes are diminishing. They need a different type of hound. Hmm. And so that's our little thing about fox hunting and all of that. You can definitely go check out your local hunt because there are more than what you think. They are not for just elite money people. <laughs> anybody, types. Yes, anybody can do it. Yeah. Trust me, they can. Now, back to American Foxhound breed history. Oh, boy. Yay. <laughs> so George good. Washington started his breeding program at Mount Vernon. Mm. And he was one of the first people... To ever keep a stud book. Okay. A stud book is also known as a registry. Mm. Like what the American Kennel Club is. UKC. George Washington started to keep track of which dogs were bred to who. He was one of the first people to do that. Mm. And with that, he could definitely monitor changes and things like that. And could keep more a better track of pedigrees and genetics and things like that. George Washington was a man of the Enlightenment age. He's not perfect. He was a slave owner. But he did keep meticulous records, was thinking of new ways to do things, and with with that came the American Foxhound. He was refining the breed by crossing English Foxhounds that were brought over from England with French hounds who were given to him by Marquis de Lafayette Mm -hmm. during the Revolutionary War. Right. And the French hound that he used was um, the Grand... Hang on. What did I say it was? Grand Bleu de Gascon, Mm. which is the ancestor of the Blue Tick Coon Hound. So this breed is a ticked color, Mm -hmm. so it looks kind of mottled looking. And then what they brought in for speed is Irish foxhounds. And one thing that's kind of interesting, and I want to thank Lisa for telling me this because now I kind of want to do a road trip. You can go visit the graves of his hounds. Really? At Mount Vernon. Yeah. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. The graves of his foxhounds are there and they're marked. So he cared for each and every one of them to immortalize them with their own graveyard. So take that, people, in regards to, you know, dogs are not, you know, as close as uh, children or family. George Washington buried his. Well, and not only that, the there's a common misnomer that people who are hunting and doing performance stuff with their dogs are forcing them to do it, and it's not about love. Well, mm-hmm. George Washington... Worked his dogs, but he deeply, deeply cared for them. Mm-hmm. And that is just fascinating to me. I agree. That's that's very intriguing, especially for someone who supposedly wrote their initials underneath Natural Bridge. <laughs> what? You, you, you go to Natural Bridge, it says GW up there. Historians <laughs> attribute that to him. Wow. Yeah. But he wasn't the only one that helped, that founded this breed. Other families, famous families... Like the Jefferson. Oh. Yep. Good Thomas Jefferson. Um, another family name was the Custis and the Lee families were also heavily influential in founding this breed. And basically it was 
a mother of necessity. They needed something that could hunt the land. And Lee. they what Lee family? What was the name? Do you know? No. Okay. This was like pre Civil War. No. I know that we're in the Revolutionary War. Yes. I'm I'm thinking of, you know, something else I'll probably have to research later. Um, but American Foxhounds It's stupid, it's from a video game, don't worry about it. Okay. American Foxhounds are the state dog of Virginia. Ah. Yep. So some some states will have a state dog, like I think Maryland's is the Chesapeake Bay Retriever, uh, North Carolina's is the plot, mm-hmm. Virginia's is the American Foxhound. And one thing that is fascinating to me mm-hmm. is American foxhounds, if you get to a point where you're a hound person enough, you will not be bothered by their noise. Mm-hmm. We are generally not bothered by their noise. Sometimes Alice can shout at my face and that's annoying, mm-hmm. but generally we're not bothered by it. Right. But... They American foxhound people take it a step past that. Yeah. They consider the voice that they have when they are hunting. It is not a bark. It is not a bay. It is music. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. I'm dead serious. Mm-hmm. They consider it to be musical and have a musical-like quality about it. So much so that they say that a hound doesn't bark, but a hound does sing. Okay. Washington had 36 foxhounds. Mm-hmm. Now, foxhounds that are traditionally hunted are not counted by individual. Mm-hmm. They are counted by couple. So, he had 36 individual, which would be counted as 18 couple. Okay. So, so if he you... would have definitely needed a kennel license. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but if you are so inclined and you want to look up various different fox hunting texts, which please do, they're fascinating reads. You will see them counted as couple Mm -hmm. as opposed to individual. And the main reason of that is so that hounds are, fox hounds are considered pack animals. So the couple mentality brings it a little bit closer together. Mm -hmm. And also during training, Hounds are coupled. A young hound is coupled by a collar mm-hmm. to an, a more experienced hound and learns how to hunt from its elders. Canine side by sides. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's generally how training is done. If you have a good backbone of a hunting program, mm-hmm. then you just have to keep working with those dogs. And from generation after generation... They'll be fine. Hmm. The tough part is starting a new pack. Yeah. Because th- there's no experience. Exactly. You know, dogs to side yep. by side with. Yep. No one to pass on the skills in the next generation. Yeah. And, and that's generally how uh, huntsmen do it. They just mm. will couple them together. And they won't turn out every single hound for every single hunt too they will evaluate and constantly look at the stock and say you know maybe this dog ran too hard this day let's give him a rest and let's work this one who hasn't been worked it's not done in a way to overly tax these dogs yeah they get days off 
Mm-hmm. They get days off. They get high quality food. Yeah, they probably get treated better than most people. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I know if ours are any indication, I mean, seriously. <laughs> yeah, I we, went. I went to my favorite pet food market today. I mean, I, Ashley tells me to put these things in the food, and I will happily admit sometimes I can't remember everything that needs to be done. It's like I have to put it in, put the food in a specific bowl while hopping on one foot <laughs> while it's patting not, my head. It's not it's, that It's kind of like that. It's kind of like that because I have to make sure that there's, do we have any coconut oil? No. Okay. Did I make a cube previously earlier in the day that has everything they needed? Yes. Put that in there. Do they get raw tonight? Do they not get raw tonight? Put hot water in there. Does do all the dogs have water? Just basic. I mean, granted, a lot of it is just basic common sense type stuff. But, but still, I'm human. Yeah. Sue me. No, please don't. We don't have any money. Uh, oh. Edit that part out. <laughs> no. Um, now, so American Foxhounds, there's several different bloodlines. Mm-hmm. And those bloodlines are Walker, not the Coon Hound. Calhoun, Goodman, Trigg, July, and Penn Meridale. Trigg, it's like a law firm. I know. <laughs> Trigg is sometimes... Have you been injured in an auto accident? <laughs> the Trigg hound is generally, in many cases, viewed as a separate breed. Mm. Some will keep it in with the American Foxhound, some will not. Penn Meridale is exhibited as a separate Entry in Foxhound shows. Okay. And what Penn Meridale stands for? Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. Maryland, Delaware. Delmarva. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that. Delaware, yes. Maryland, and Virginia. It is very much like that, but it, the Penn Meridale generally has like a longer ear, and like the colors are a little bit different, and the body shape is a little bit different. Damn, Astrid, how'd you do that? She jumped. She's now on my captain's chair, which actually won't let me sit in because it makes too much noise, and she doesn't want that to affect the podcast broadcast. And, uh, yeah, she's kind of patrolling the area because we don't let the cats in this room very often. So, and I mentioned not the coonhound for the walker. Yeah. A walker bloodline is probably one of the most famous foxhound lines out there. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the show foxhounds are either walker lines, pretty much. But when I say walker, it is for American foxhound. Mm-hmm. A treeing walker is yeah. a separate breed altogether. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And should never, under any circumstances, resemble the structure of an American foxhound. Mm-hmm. They should always look like a coonhound. They should right. have long ears mm-hmm. and have more of a coonhound look to them. Yeah. Mainly because the ancestry is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. There was a dog that was said to be the founder of the black and tan coonhound. And a lot of the coonhounds, Tennessee lead or Tennessee led, it's spelled the same way, he was stolen and then was used across various different bloodlines uh-huh. and formed the, oh my God, there's a bug in here, <laughs> and, and formed a lot of the coonhounds. So he's All considered... All eyes were to the ceiling, including Astrid. 
and he's considered to be the quintessential ancestor of the coonhound. Yeah. But this dog is not in most foxhound lines. Okay. And tree and walker coonhounds are supposed to be more English foxhound in look than American foxhound in look. Mm -hmm. If you were to put a tree and walker and an American foxhound side by side, you should be able to tell them apart and say that they are not the same breed. Yeah, big difference. But you should be able to take a tree and walker and put it next to an English foxhound and see that there is some shared ancestry there. But you should be able to tell the difference. Yes. So, um, now we're going to get into the fun part today. Try to do it quietly. The um, American foxhounds today are relatively rare in AKC terms. Mm -hmm. You're more than likely going to see them more often in fox hunting packs and drag hunt packs. What drag hunt is... Or fox pens. So, hunting styles vary. Traditionally, American foxhounds are hunted on horseback. Right. Now that a lot of the land is disappearing, Mm. it's made hunting on horseback kind of impractical. Mm. So, what they will do in many cases is they will either lay down a scent path Mm -hmm. and... The dogs will chase it and find it. That's called a drag hunt. It's right. literally some a scent path that's dragged down. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is fox pens. Fox pens are kind of controversial. Basically what a fox pen is, is a fox reserve where people keep foxes in a pen area. And when I say pen, I don't mean teeny tiny little area. No, I mean acres of land. Yet they call it a pen. Because it's enclosed. Oh, kind of like our fenced-in backyard. Exactly. Oh, okay. And the fox pen, people that own it, they make sure that their foxes are free from disease, are well-fed, are taken care of. Well cared for. Well cared for. But that also means that the hunting style has to change. Yeah. Because they're all kind of enclosed in one Mm -hmm. area that makes, you know, chasing after them a little bit ridiculous. Well, what... It was generally used for, at the beginning, like when there was plenty of land and all that stuff, fox pens were used to help train young dogs Mm. to know what the scent is that they're supposed to be hunting and that they're not going to get any infectious disease because when when you are using a dog to hunt another canine, that means that they can cross and transmit diseases back and forth to one another. Which is not good. Right. So now some field trials are being done inside fox pens, which makes hunting on horseback impossible. Yeah. So you've it, it kind of has changed how things are run. So those are the three main places where you're going to see them. Mm-hmm. The fourth one is you're rarely going to see them, but... Due to the efforts of Dr. Bob and his wife Polly and Lisa Miller, they've become more well known, and that's in the show ring. Mm. There was a dog that was bred by Lisa Miller. Mm-hmm. Her name was Jewel. Yeah. 
Rolo thought she was just adorable. <laughs> Every time Rolo would see Jewel, he would just think perk she... Perk up? Oh, yeah. Perk up. And I'm like, no, dude. You can't. You can't have her. <laughs> Jewel won the Hound Group at Westminster. Mm-hmm. She also won Best in Show at the National Dog Show, the Kennel Club of Philadelphia, the show that's aired on Thanksgiving. She won Best in Show at that. I still love the fact that you watch that despite the fact you already know the result. Yeah, you know, a little bit of insider scoop here. The dog show that is on on Thanksgiving mm-hmm. actually ran the weekend prior, <laughs> so all of the dog show people know who won. And yet you all still watch it. Yes! because And the reason is, is especially for like people who have fully recognized breeds, if there's a dog that won the breed or whatever, yeah. they now have video to look at and actually can see and judge and, and look at the movement. Things that you can't get from a picture. And now I know why you don't give me shit over watching the same movie over and over again. Because yeah. you do the same thing for I do the same thing! <laughs> I already know what happens. You can go ahead and tell me. Um... But from talking with Lisa at the show, um, I learned a lot about the American Foxhound temperament. Mm -hmm. And a lot of American Foxhounds are wonderful pets Mm -hmm. and can be incredibly versatile dogs, just like Hamilton's are. Mm -hmm. But they also, again, just like Hamilton's and just like any other large hound... They need a sense of humor. Mm. You, they're not the type of dog that you can use a lot of force with. Yeah. You have to play games with them. You have to build their spirit up. Because once you break down the spirit of a hound, they will shut down. Yeah, absolutely. Completely closed off. And closed that's, closed how, off. that's how a lot of scent hounds are. Especially yeah. the bigger ones. They're really sensitive and really thrive on praise food and games they are i'm very much the same way (laughs) um (laughs) if it's not fun i don't want anything to do with it but a a lot of american foxhounds can basically do it all they can very versatile very versatile they can be therapy dogs they can be service dogs Mm -hmm. probably wouldn't be the best at you know higher levels of obedience and rally Mm. I mean, again, same thing with a lot of other hounds like Hamilton's as well. Because mm-hmm. those types of things, there are, there are limits to a hound's attention span. Mm-hmm. And some of the higher level obedience could make them not have fun. And when they're not having fun, everybody it's, knows it. Yeah, it's just that I'm, I'm, I'm bored. I don't want to play anymore. Just walk away and go sulk somewhere. Oh, yeah. And that's just how they are. Yeah. But... It's I, very easy, honestly, when we get to the question, I think we're pretty much going to be clear in regards to the answer considering we already have a hound breed anyway. Yeah. Um, but I haven't gotten to that... Well, no, but I was getting to a point. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, the comparison just... You have to do it because Hamiltons are so closely related to them in so many different levels, not just mm-hmm. genetics, that it, the comparison, you have to do it on multiple occasions because, mm-hmm. I mean, they're just... Yeah, I have to compare because yeah. when when you deal with an uncommon breed like American Foxhounds, your average person is not going to see them in a home. Mm-mm. 
you're not going to see them walking out on the street. Right. And a lot of times if you do see one, they're rescues that have gotten away from hunters. And so the temperament isn't ideal. Right. But in an ideal situation, bred responsibly, Mm -hmm. they are typical hounds. Right. In that they're going to figure shit out (laughs) that you're not going to like. Yeah. They're going to countersurf. They're going to get stuck in the trash can with only the white tip of the tail wagging out of it. That actually happened to me um, the other morning. I went to go check on the chickens uh, to see if there were any eggs. And I come inside and Alice, all you see is her ass sticking out of the sideways trash can. Mm-hmm. And just, the tail just going. So Yeah, and, and that's that's part of owning any scent hound is you've got to be, you have to be thinking like two or three steps ahead of them. Mm-hmm. Because Clearly on that day it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> but it's... People like to say, oh, hounds are dumb, hounds are dumb, hounds are dumb. And I'm like, no, they're live not. Live with one. <laughs> Honestly. You live in, with them. Watch yeah, what happens. Most hounds are incredibly intelligent, but not in a way that is similar to a Labrador, Golden, mm-hmm. Border Collie, or German Shepherd. Right. Hounds are built to... Use their nose, but they're also built to work closely with their people. Whereas, like, a herding breed might try to herd the entire family mm-hmm. into one area. Hamilton or uh, American Foxhound would just lay there and be in the general proximity of the yep. family. They don't have to be like, oh my god, oh my god, I love you, play with me, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. They're not. So now you're describing a golden. <laughs> yeah. You're the best thing in the world, oh my god. Oh my god, I love you. But American Foxhound's. Because they are more of a pack dog, mm-hmm. they're perfectly fine to just do their own thing and be cool and calm and collected. But be aware, if you think they're sleeping, they probably are. Mm. But they're not sleeping deeply enough to realize that you've left the room. Mm-hmm. The moment you've left the room is the moment that their brain starts working. Yeah, And... It's also advised with any foxhound or larger scent hound that you have a sturdy fence in the yard. And a high one. Yeah. <laughs> and when American foxhounds especially are on a chase, mm-hmm. they are bred to scale fences. Yeah. And when I mean scale, I mean just fly right over them. Yeah. Or plow right through them. And a lot of these are like your picket fence style things. So Yeah, more just like, like what my grandfather had. He had one of those like Sears, I don't know, like metal kind of chain link kind of thing. Well, what I mean is from like the hunt perspective. Yeah, what I'm saying is that won't work. No. <laughs> no. Cha- well, a chain link fence could work, but you need another... Another like aspect of security there too, like because yeah, that's how you get a whoop the day. Yeah, that's how. Especially if you're intact females. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's one of those things where this is not a breed that you can leave out in a yard by themselves all day. Nope. Especially if they're alone, they're definitely a dog that needs to be with other dogs. Yeah, they need to. They need to be with their people, and they make them comfortable. Well, when I mean other dogs, so it's not 
Hamiltons are perfectly fine and content to be on their own for a while. Yeah. They don't instinctively pack up. No. Whereas American foxhounds, they instinctively pack up and want to be as close as possible to other hounds. That's where they find their comfort. Yeah. But they're also looking over and paying attention to what their owner is telling them to do. Mm -hmm. So... With that in mind, you have to say, is that something that I'm willing to live with? For If you are willing to deal with that, go right ahead. Yeah. But be well aware that they will bark. Mm-hmm. They're mostly healthy mm-hmm. because they are coming from dogs that are bred to work. So an unhealthy dog can't hunt. No. So that, that's just how it works with these guys. That dog won't hunt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, it had to be said. <laughs> you had to throw it in there. What I would love to see yeah. is an American fox sound doing agility. Mm. I would love to see it one day because I think it would be fun. Yeah. Mainly because they're bred to be fast. Mm. So I would love to see one of them try and keep up. Like, yeah. a, like a handler try and keep up. I think it would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, with that... We, we, we've gotten to that point again, eh? Mm-hmm. Whose turn is it? I don't think it really matters. I'd like to I think remember. it's your turn. What, I have to go first? Yeah. Would um, you own one? You haven't given me a choice in the matter. Nobody <laughs> serves me correctly. You have already said on more than one occasion, should um, an incident happen where, heaven forbid, one of our older dogs, i.e. Kemper, were to you know, unfortunately, mm-hmm. go on to his great reward across the Rainbow Bridge so that you were going to be replacing him with... Okay, let's go down the list. Um, you said, I'm pretty sure, uh, Teddy Roosevelt. Mm-hmm. You said a German Shepherd, mm-hmm. a la dog meat mm-hmm. from Fallout 4, um, and possibly one of this breed. Yes. Because I think if memory serves from that show, um, were you or were you not told... The option is, is, is okay. there. Okay, because I didn't want to presume, and Ashley's looking at your tripod. I know. So, here... So the answer to my question is, I don't have a choice in the matter. That's up to you. Well... End of fate. <laughs> so the thing is, I would, I would say yes, mainly because hounds, I love hounds... Yeah, but we already live with um, Hammy, so it would not be much of a transition for us. Honestly. No, it wouldn't. And one thing that I think would be hilarious is if I show up to an open show that has an all-breed show with a big-ass American foxhound and then my hammies just riding along Mm -hmm. and just following on behind them like little ducklings, I think it would be hilarious. (laughs) And people would be like, wait, huh? Huh? What? (laughs) The, The confusion factor is amazing. And to watch people's expressions about the confusion is amazing. Yeah, it would be amazing. Um, so, yeah, basically any of the foxhounds, I'd own. Like, yeah, yeah. I would love to own an English foxhound. I think mm-hmm. they're gorgeous. Yeah. I would love to own a well-bred and responsibly bred American foxhound. Mm-hmm. Um, especially from certain bloodlines that are doing a lot of winning. Because it means that you can actually get a piece of something that judges are more comfortable putting them up. Yeah. Um... But yeah, I think I would own one if if 
the right one came along, uh-huh. I think I would. I think it would be an interesting experience. Let's put it that way. Well, handler-wise, it would definitely open new doors for you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, and it would be one of those things where I could definitely show them wherever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, more versatile options in regards to showing as opposed to being only limited to, say, UKC or open shows. Exactly. And I just think it would be hilarious if I showed up to UKC shows. <laughs> Another funny thing. That would be amazing. I'm telling you right now, for UKC show, I'm not going to the ring with one of those things you and Mandy have fun. <laughs> <laughs> it would be amazing. <laughs> I'll just sit with Jackie and Veronica and be like, okay, here we go. Here, here comes this hot hound mess here. <laughs> be so much fun. <laughs> I kind of want to just like be tacked on as co-owner of just a random American Fox sound and then just take it to a UKC show and see what would happen. <laughs> just as a social experiment. Like, take them to Cortland and just be like, hi, Lisa, hey, let's anyone, make this happen. To anyone listening there. <laughs> let's make this happen. Actually, I want to do it. I really want to do it. <laughs> she wants to do a thing. I think it would be hilarious. I think it would be amazing. Oh my god, I think it would be so much fun. In case you guys are just seeing here, her face is glowing right now. It would be so much fun. I want to do it. I want to do it. I want to do it. It would be so much fun. Phrasing. Take him to Cortland and just be like, pow. Hi. Yeah, but uh, the one thing I don't like about Cortland is, I mean, it used to be fun when it was like staying the... No, that's not what I mean. When you stay the weekend. Oh, yeah. It used to be fun to stay the weekend. Now it's a pain in the ass. You have to drive there and then drive back twice. Yeah. Early in the morning, that drive sucks. Yes, it does. (laughs) It does suck. Yeah. But that's what I would like to do. So, yeah, I would own one. It'd be fun. (laughs) So the answer is you would own one and I don't have a choice. <laughs> we would end up owning one. Well, I mean, you forgot one of the breeds that I am thinking about. Oh, to my credit, I got three out of like the umpteen million that you would option. Well, I mean, the other one that's riding pretty high up there is Field Spaniel. I would like to own one. But we haven't talked about them yet. You're getting ahead of yourself a little there. Um... So, rate, review, subscribe, all that jazz. And if you listen this far, we greatly appreciate yeah. it. And thank you so much. Um, the fact that we have fans, I think, is astounding. Mm-hmm. I'm gobsmacked about it. Um, thank you all for listening. Yeah, thanks. And continuing to listen and follow us. Yeah, thanks so much. And uh, you can find us again on at about a dog on Instagram, about a dog pod on Gmail, about a dog on Facebook. About a dog pod on YouTube and about a dog one on Twitter. Wow, that was all straight from memory, guys. I have a cheat sheet on my phone, but she had that all from memory. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> so, with that, go hug your dog. Go hug your dog, people. They love you.